Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham. I'm here today with Rodney Gonzalez, the Director of Development Services Department with the City of Austin. Welcome to the show, Rodney. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, no, thank you for your time. I know it's taken a while to get this going, just getting our calendars uh, in sync. But I want to start with just what it, what does DSD do, and then also tie into your background as director. Um, we can start with that. Sure. So Development Services is the portal for building development in Austin. Um, so we partner with 14 other uh, departments in the city for reviewing building plan applications as well as site plan applications. Mm-hmm. And just... You know, on a, the, with the growth we had in Austin, can you give a scale of what that means? I mean, that's th- those are you know just sure. I don't think you you do the department justice in terms of what that means for, sure. for folks who are familiar on the day to day how our city is growing. Um, you get you had given uh, it was a quote a while back about kind of comparatively how the, the amount of people are coming here every day, and there's like twenty thousand people or a year. I'm sorry. On averaging of coming here. Yeah, so I think, you know, a lot of people associate Austin's growth with the vertical development that they see, say, for instance, downtown, all the high rises that are being constructed. But, you know, everything that comes through our department can be as simple as a kitchen remodel mm-hmm. um, to maybe an expansion of somebody's home to a 66-story downtown high rise for a residential tower. Mm-hmm. So all of that comes through the department. Um, in terms of Austin's growth, and this is a comparison a, a data point that I use, um, Austin will need 130,000 more f- uh, for rent apartments uh, within the next 12 years, or the 11th largest city in the country. You compare that to San Antonio, and I believe the number is about 58,000 that San Antonio needs, and they're the sixth largest city. Mm-hmm. So comparatively, we're growing very fast uh, in terms of population and job growth. The most recent stats are there that we're the second um, most vibrant city in terms of job growth in the country. Mm-hmm. And was that after the uh, announcement of the Amazon, I'm sorry, the Apple campus? Yes. Apple <laughs> campus, is just my mind, Apple campus moving here, uh, opening up here in uh, North Austin? Yes, and yeah. you know, first we're glad to of course have Apple here as a company in Austin. This is their North America headquarters. Just a bit about my background, as you mentioned, the economic development background. Um, I had negotiated that agreement with Apple back in 2012 for them to open their North America's headquarters here mm-hmm. in Austin. And so to see this this expansion, the addition uh, that they plan to make by 2020, I believe, is welcome news. Yeah, so I want to actually go on your background, too, because prior to your role here, you were with the city's economic development office for a number of years. And prior to that, you were with... Um, you're a director of finance for the city of San Marcos, which is just south of Austin, but a growing regional or population hub as well. Um, but just what what attracted you to this job? Because I think just out outside looking in, you know, you come from a numbers background. And I guess at the end of the day, it's numbers, but this is more on the construction development side. What attracted you to this role? Yeah, I think taking a step back even further, what attracted me to government and public administration was just the um, knowing that you were making a difference in the community every day in the work that you do. It was happenstance that I got into public administration um, as the uh, director of finance at the city of Luling. It actually actually happened to be closer to where I lived at the time, Mm -hmm. which was a shorter commute, and we all love shorter commutes. Um, But when I I got into it, realizing that what you're doing is so important for the community, 
ranging from helping to establish what the annual property tax rate should be to establishing the budget to making sure that government runs efficiently and effectively. Those are things that draw me to public administration. And so I've been very fortunate in um, having uh, more and broader leadership roles throughout my career, um, including coming to Austin 14 years ago um, as the assistant director at that time of economic development and then the deputy director and now as the director of development services. Got you. And so I want to go into, we were talking this before the show started, but when you first came into the role, it was a very interesting time, uh, I think, for the department. And you know, I can go into that too. You had the release of the Zucker Report, mm-hmm. which was, um, for those who are familiar, been in Austin the last few years, was just an analysis the city had undertaken, outside analysis the city had paid for, of the permitting department and its development and how it was done in the city. And it wasn't the most favorable report, but it opened up a lot of uh, opportunities for improvement, which you, I think, uh, came into uh, yeah, on your first day. So I'd love yeah. to just talk about your, your evolution, you know, and the, just what you saw, you know, day one of that um, and to, to now, because I mean, you've, you've gotten a lot of great reviews from the development community about that, about your work and improving those services. Well, thank you. Report. Thank you. Um, so um, my coming into this department was at the request of city manager Mark Ott. Um, in economic development, I had the good fortune of leading a lot of significant projects, taking them through the community process and the council process, um, working with downtown initiatives, working with the Formula One project, um, leading the hosting in 2012 and 2013, which meant collaborating with all the partner city departments as well as regional agencies across Central Texas. And Mark had seen that and he had said, you know, this is another challenging aspect for the city, the city's uh, portal for development. And he had asked if I would take on this challenge of leading the department, specifically leading it through the implementation of those recommendations that were in the report. And so that's how I came to the department in May. Um, And uh, a lot of it was looking at the situation as outlined in the report, engaging with staff, engaging with the community, not just the residents, but the development community as well, and getting an understanding of what needed to be done. And then working with the team here in the department and partner departments, rolling up our sleeves and getting the work done. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've been most interested in in the evolution of this department is um, the change, I think it happened this last budget cycle to a, more of an enterprise funding system versus general funding, meaning you got funds directly from the city, now you're looking to be more self-sustaining. And that was executed in the, you know, I guess going to, to fiscal year 2019, correct? Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the recommendations that were in the Zucker report, some of them are really minor, mm-hmm. things that could be ticked off right away by um, just following what that recommendation is, but some of them were more long-term in nature. One of those was conversion to an enterprise fund. And there were a lot of different pieces to that puzzle to get it to work together, but just because it was in a recommendation in the report didn't mean that it would be adopted on day one. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the entire report was adopted, but that was a long-term strategy of getting to enterprise fund status. So that was about a three-year process in the making. Yeah, and why is that important? Just for you know the stakeholders out there, why, why is it important to be enterprise? What would you say is the selling point of being an enterprise fund, uh, self-sustaining agency versus a general fund agency? Sure, there's a lot of different reasons, uh, but first and foremost, it is a best practice across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cities have their development services set up as an enterprise fund. So from an accounting perspective and from an operational perspective, it is a best practice. San Antonio and Dallas have done it for a number of years. 
Um, the purpose of developing yourself as an enterprise fund is twofold. One is transparency, and the other is resiliency. So from a transparent perspective, transparency perspective, the revenues coming into the city in terms of fees stay within one fund. Mm -hmm. And you can see very clearly how those revenues are spent through the budgeted expenditures. Whatever is unspent then stays within the fund in the fund balance and then that carries over year to year. In the past, it was all commingled with the general fund, so it wasn't really clear how much revenues were coming in, what the total expenditures were coming out or were being spent, and then the remaining fund balance. The other, in terms of resiliency, is as we go through periods or economic um, cycles, one of those being a recession, we want to build up a healthy fund balance reserve, which would be a savings account, if you will that can carry us through a recessionary period without having to make drastic cuts in our budget. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the last recession, which was 08, there were some significant cuts in the department and it took years to get those budgeted amounts uh, programmed back in. And unfortunately, what it took was about a six month backlog in residential permitting for the response to be add more positions to keep up with the economic growth in Austin. And so from a resiliency perspective, we're going to be able to flow with the market. So in good times, of course, we'll um, build up a healthy fund balance. And in those economic downturns, we can rely on that fund balance then to carry us through those recessionary periods. I got you. What other um, initiatives or plans do you have in place for 2019? Just going into 2019, wow, I can't believe it's a month, it's a month out. But uh, what, yeah. just, I know your the agency, the department's looking to, to consolidate offices and serve, or just or offices, right? Away from, like right now we're in you know, South River, downtown Austin. Mm -hmm. um, but is there a potential move contemplated or? That is the most significant thing that we're gonna be working on for the next year and a half. Um, and that was another long-term recommendation identified in the report, which was the development of a true one-stop shop, which had been tried in 2006 and 2007. Um, in this very building, One Texas Center. Unfortunately, this building just isn't conducive for a one-stop shop. It's 13-floor uh, building. The floor plates are 15,000 square feet. Um, the new building is going to be 250,000 square feet, four stories, 60,000 square foot floor plates. So mm -hmm. we're going to be able to consolidate all of the different uh, department staff from across the city that touch the development process, put them under one roof, and more importantly, serve our customers on the first floor. Mm -hmm. So the days of our customers traversing from floor to floor are gonna be gone once we get into the new building. Gotcha, you know, is that site been identified yet? It has, so it's at the Highland Mall Redevelopment Project. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so the target date for moving is May slash June of 2020. Okay, and then lastly, Rodney, just for folks, um, you know, folks, developers near to Austin, um, residential and otherwise commercial, what would be the best way to engage with DSD? And either, you know, beyond the, the normal culture of business, if there's comments or questions or issues they may have, you know, what are, what are some conduct, as you in your experience now, the most conduct, uh, productive ways to engage with you and your team? So there's a number of different ways. First, um, we started uh, sending out a quarterly newsletter about a year, year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, to anyone who's interested in receiving it. And I think we have close to 5,000 subscribers to that newsletter. And so we're always asking for feedback. So sign up to the newsletter so that way you can keep up to date with what's happening in the department and across the city. Second is that there are a lot of great member organizations out there for the development industry. Folks like RECA, HBA, um, ABOR. 
that folks should get involved in because those member organizations represent the development community holistically. Um, third, we always have a portal online for providing immediate feedback and responses to any of the functions that we have in the department. Um, good, bad, and indifferent. If you have something positive you want to say, please fill out the survey. If you have some concerns that you want to um, inform us about, fill out the survey as well. We always want to hear that feedback because it helps us to get better in the things that we're not doing too well at, and it helps us to keep doing the really good things that we're doing. Um, so we're always interested in feedback and always interested in improving our processes. Great. Well, Rodney, thank you for your time, and we look forward to uh, more things to come from you in 2019. Love, you, love to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you, AJ. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.